Good morning. Hope you all had a fabulous week. I know that a lot of you are praying for rain, and I join you in that, specifically that it comes sooner than later. I did have a dream several weeks ago, and everybody laughs when I tell them that. What would you dream? I had a dream we had eight inches of rain. Wait a minute. The Lord didn't tell me how many months it was going to take or when it was going to come or all together. Or, I don't know any of that. But the idea is we, we get in this situation where we say, well, it's never going to rain. That's not true. That's never happened. It will rain sometime. Well, last Sunday was Father's Day, and um, one of the things that I enjoy most about the age that I am now is being a father and having uh, lived through (laughs) raising daughters, and one of them had a birthday yesterday, and as I think about where I was at, what I was doing that many years ago, and I won't say how many, and the experiences that I've had since that. And so we had, a, or I had a very wonderful day with my family last week on Sunday, a wonderful lunch, and then Unbeknownst to me, they had decided that we were going to watch the uh, George Foreman movie, the new one, that talks about the Lord getting a hold of George and straightening out his life, which is a good movie. And we got to spend the evening together just being there. Now, in our situation, we have one daughter who is... Thousands of miles away, it seems like, Holly and Sam. But she sent me this card, and she's always calling me and saying, Dad, this is your favorite daughter. (laughs) Well, she is my youngest, so she's special in that way. She's not with us presently, so it's different in that way. But she sent me this card. The top ten things, and I'm not going to tell you all of them because I don't believe all of them, The top ten things I've learned from Dad. I wasn't born in a barn. There is no free lunch. We don't own the utility company. Things sure have changed since Dad was a kid. You can't out or you can't air condition the great outdoors. Kids today have it so easy. Money doesn't grow on trees. If something is worth doing, it's worth doing well. Then inside she says this, I've learned a lot from you over the years, some good, some questionable life skills. So I sent her a text. What does that mean? Well, you taught me how to fix anything with duct tape and bailing wire. I said, okay, so you're the new MacGyver. Yeah, something like that. So anyway... I love my family. 
We have challenges now that we didn't have when they were young. But all in all, I just love to spend time with them. Some I get to spend more time with than others just because of location and where I'm at, doing what I'm doing and what all that. <clears throat> well, as we go about our daily lives, we're constantly bombarded by information, all, all kinds of things. And in fact, that's something else Holly said. She's talking about the sub that went down to see the Titanic that imploded and all the five were killed instantly, of course. And she said, Dad, there's there's something unique about this situation. Well, what's that? There were no women on this sub. I said, and we're smarter than that. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you make a point. <laughs> and so we are constantly bombarded by things like that that we see, things that um, what people call information, news, whether is it true? That's the big question. What is truth? And how much of it is true? Or is there just enough of truth with a whole lot of baloney mixed in? Then if it is true, how are we going to respond to that information? And i just tell you a story I just heard yesterday. A fellow that works at a body shop and he said he heard about a guy who rented a car to go to California electric car the rental said 500 miles to a charge okay we can do that yada 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 they got in and they left what they didn't know now this is where the truth comes in 500 miles is for one passenger for one driver no air conditioning and no radio They put four people in with luggage, turned on the AC, turned on the radio. They made it 300 miles. Nothing about electric. This is not slamming electric. That's not where this is. This is only partial truth is what was told to them. They didn't say, now, if you're going to take four people in luggage, then you'll get 300 miles. And so we have to decide, is this truth? Are we going to research it enough to know that it is or not? So let's go back to the beginning. The Gospel of John was written by Jesus' disciple, whose name was John. He had a brother named James, father named Zebedee, and they were fishermen. Jesus called them to become his followers And he said, I will make you fishers of men instead of fish. John was one of the Jesus inner circle. There were three in that circle. We usually say them in order, Peter, James, and John. But they were the three that were closest to Jesus. So this book, 
John, the Gospel of John, was written by somebody who lived and knew and heard what Jesus said and did. I just read this last night uh, in a book I bought at the thrift store, Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, and he says, the Gospels, all four of them, are biographies of Jesus. Never heard it said that way before. Of his teaching and by eyewitnesses who were there. So, when somebody says, well, now I don't know whether this is, what's in that is true. We can be very confident that what God allowed to be in his word for us to read is true. So in keeping with the title, Keep Your Eyes on the Prize, I want to read all of 1 John, not 1 John, John chapter 1. Not all, 18 verses, excuse me. So I'm beginning in the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, this would be John the Baptist, He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the (coughs) only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So let's go back to the beginning of that reading. The Word he's referring to is Jesus. The Word was with God. The Word was God. 
So Jesus was right there beside God during creation. All things were made through him. Without him, not anything made that was made. Can we even wrap our mind around that? Can we even understand that? That somebody that has always been, became flesh, took on himself the form of a human being, came to earth as a baby, helpless, helpless baby, And yet, he created mankind. So he created his own mother, if you want to look at it that way. Oh, thank you, Darla. I'll forgive you for calling me three times this week. (laughs) Huh? He was nice. Darla calls and says, I need more. (laughs) More. (laughs) I don't have more. All right. Verse uh, 8 is talking about John. 6 through 8 is talking about John the Baptist who came to make the way for Jesus himself. And then in verse 9, he says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. How do we wrap our arms around that? He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of the man, but of God. Turn with me to Romans 10. Starting Romans 10, starting at verse 5. Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, but the person who does the commandments shall be shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim, because if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus is Lord, And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. 
For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Now, we all know that a hundred people can sit here and listen to the gospel being proclaimed. And there are going to be some who harden their hearts and some who accept what they hear. And the end for both of those groups will not be the same. Not be the same. And now I'd like to go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, who he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiant of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which the angels did for to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteous uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with oil of gladness beyond your companions. And your Lord... You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe that you will roll when you roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years have no end. To which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool at your feet? Are they not all ministering servants, spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are in, to inherit salvation? And then verse 1 of chapter 2. I don't know that I'd ever seen this put that way. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. We have these conversations at home, a lot of times on the road when we're driving or something, and Diana will say, well, what happened to so-and-so? And my common, we're talking about Christians, or we thought they were Christians, or they used to be Christians. However you want to 
phrase that. And my always response is, normally people don't leave the faith by taking a 90 degree sharp right turn. That's not what happens. And this verse says it perfectly. Lest we drift. So I've been thinking about this for a long time. If you're one degree off when you're shooting your rifle at a deer target, how many yards away are you going to hit your target? One degree, just one degree. How much is that? It ain't very much when you're on the on your little dial thing on your table. One degree is you can't hardly tell you're off. If you go a mile, how far off are you? If you go to L.A., that's that was my thing. We're going to go from KC to L.A., 1,600 miles. How far are you going to be off? I had no way to know, figure this out. I'm not, I love math, but I'm not that smart. So I called Holly, and Holly says, well, i got a friend. Okay, I know you've got a friend. And within five minutes, he had the answer. I mean, on the floor, I'm on the kitchen floor with the hardwood, so I know where a straight line is, and then I take my ruler, and three feet out, I'm, you know, six-tenths of an inch or something off. If you go a mile, you're going to be 92 feet off. You're torqued. If you're flying an airplane and you are headed to L.A. and you're one degree off, you're going to be 29 miles off your target. That's at one degree. If you're 5 or 10 or 15, you can do the math with that. Brothers and sisters, I don't think that most of us go out here and do a sharp right and leave the faith. I think we'd say, well, I don't know if I believe all that. I don't know if I believe all that. And we start out at one degree, and maybe by the time we're done, we're at 90 degrees. But I think this verse in chapter 2 is very important. We must pay closer attention. So, What is diverting our attention? If we have our eye on the prize, on the where we're going to end up, what diverts us? What what gets in the ray? I got a whole list, and it's not nearly everything. And it can be good things. Working at the church, your marriage, your family. Your work, things we want, things we need, things we think we got to have. Try to keep up with everybody else. Vacation, hobby, on and on and on you can go. Most of those are okay things. But are they distracting us from where we're going? The deceiver says to us, oh, a little bit is okay. That won't hurt you. 
no big deal, try it once, everything will be fine. Don't worry about it, thing. You tell the deceiver. He has nothing to offer you compared to what Jesus has to offer you. Is it going to be here now? Yeah, it could be. But it's for sure going to be in eternity. Because I think God's blessings are on us long before we get to heaven. And I think we all have read, I've been reading about in Kings, my goodness, rebellion, 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 rebellion. And what happens when God says, I've had enough of that. We don't want to be in the rebellion camp. We want to be in the surrender and obedience camp. We don't want to be the off lost at sea because your compass is not set properly. And for you youngsters, kids, teens, if you say, well, this won't affect any part of my life, what I do today. Yeah, you got another thing coming. Because there's all kinds of people walking around that wish they would never have done whatever it was they did. Because it's still, they're still paying the consequences for those actions. Always, always, always remember to keep your eyes on the purpose. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, for this opportunity to share your word and to encourage these people. And I just ask that you would guide each one of us, help us to ask for forgiveness and Take a detour and get back on track with where you want us to be. You are always, always waiting and willing with open arms to accept us back, regardless of who we are or what we've done. That's called grace. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.